Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Not to scold anybody, but I do feel like the voicemails have been slower lately and you know it's our favorite form of feedback so best best feedback format for sure speaking of formats (laughs) speaking of formats okay today's episode is really special it's brought to you in partnership with caliper which you're going to hear so much more about them when we talk to their founder in a second but we are so excited about this cbd brand it feels really distinctly different from the ones we're used to seeing on the market for so many reasons but It is also just, I think, a better product than so many out there. It is the only one clinically proven to be fast acting. It delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus CBD oil. So you get all the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes, which I can attest to. You really do feel it working. You're not like an hour later being like, did I take enough? Some CBD Claire, I oils. I feel like you're like bearing the lead a little bit though too because it's a powder. It is a powder. It comes, so this is, okay. It is a powder and it doesn't taste weird. You can put it in anything. It's So it's not an oil. The oil like is, can take up to an hour to absorb. The powder you just stir it right into your water, your coffee, your juice. You can put it in or, your cocktail. Or friends, you just drop it on your tongue. They do. They have these like pixie stick like things that you just put right on your tongue. Nothing's been a better sell for me than pixie stick like things. <laughs> Which also means, by the way, you get precisely 20 milligrams in each packet. So you know exactly what you're getting. It's always THC free. It doesn't have that high. You just feel good. And because we are bringing you this episode in partnership with them, you're going to get 20% off your first order when you use promo code a thing or two at tricaliper.com slash a thing or two. You can try it risk-free for 30 days because if you don't love it, they're going to give you a full refund. So that's tricaliper.com slash a thing or two. Don't forget the promo code a thing or two for 20% off your first order. Um, first, we have to talk about something you slagged me like truly moments before this. Moments before. Just moments. And like very, very tangentially related to the main topic of this episode. I just love I couldn't love the story more. Basically, I want to say, you know, police have had a tough year, rightly so. And things are just getting tougher for them because they're having to retire a lot of their canine dogs because 
all of these states are legalizing cannabis and the drug sniffing dogs haven't been trained to distinguish between different drugs. And so now they just like bark when there's a drug and they exactly. know that, and they know they have a list of drugs in their mind that they bark at and no one's being like, oh, that one, not anymore. We're not doing that one anymore. Right. And you can't untrain them. And it's not as if they have a different bark for cannabis than for cocaine. So it, they're just all being forced into early retirement. I have a question. Do you think that this is like a, a move from like the dogs to want to distance <laughs> themselves from the police? Like of being like, wow, oh, wow, ooh, let's actually step this back because oh we don't want to align with you all anymore. Yeah, they saw Wow. Like the dog union. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. You know, it's really interesting because, you know, the first question that I think both of us had upon learning about this was, should we be happy for the dogs or should we be sad for them? You know, is early retirement exciting for them? Or totally. is this a situation where they're so upset to be replaced by all of these new dogs who've been trained in the new laws and are like way more up to speed on what's happening? Well, Claire, I would say part of the problem is that the framing of this article from the AP mm-hmm. made it seem like we should be sad for the dogs. Like it was like they're being put out to pasture, which is such (laughs) an upsetting way of put. Like, no, no. But then I had to step back for a second and be like, you know what? If the fire movement has taught me anything, it's that we're all seeking early retirement and that we should be thrilled for these dogs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. I don't, I'm honestly, I love that theory. I don't think it's up to us. I think it's to whoever at Disney is charged with writing this movie. (laughs) And I'm just looking to them to let me know how to feel about it. And my guess is that it's one of these things where like at first it's pretty devastating for the dogs. Yeah, yeah. But then they realize that they've got this whole new life ahead of them. And there's like maybe a new career that they can have in being of service to like children. I'm picturing like a dog who's like living on a houseboat, who's like in retirement, who's like maybe a Don (laughs) Johnson-y kind of character or like something. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. think of like what, like a Beverly Hills cop kind of like whatever, who like finds a role for himself as like a PI or something. I don't know. Wow. I I don't know. I love that. I don't know. I love that. Well, the other thing Channing Tatum could voice the dog, I feel like. (laughs) I don't know. I just have some thoughts. I love it. Maybe you can be in the writer's room for this. (laughs) I'm open to it. The other thing that was like so fascinating to me about all of this was that the other layer of it is it's not just that there are realizing, oh, this isn't going to work out. This has become a serious liability because basically cases have gotten gotten thrown out because police have discovered methamphetamines, opioids, whatever it is. And it's a very, seems like a very clear case, but the defense attorneys get into court and they're like, sure, that's what you think you saw, but how do you know the dog wasn't just smelling the marijuana that my client also had, right? And then all of the drug traffickers got hip to it and they would just start burning cannabis while oh. in the car while trafficking MDMA or whatever else to be like, so that they would part. always have the defense, part. right? It's very good. And I do feel like it possibly has a role in the Disney movie. Yeah, totally. Huh. You know, that there's some... Let's get in this writer's room. I think, I think, we gotta get in this writer's I think so too. I also feel like there should be a poodle involved in this. I don't Ugh, know. I just feel I like... I love that. Yeah. I, love, I love the role for the poodle in this. Like the poodle feels jealous that poodles have never been asked to be in the canine league. Is it a league? Yeah. Who yeah, knows? I think I I think it's like a it becomes a little bit Zootopia where yes. we have Judy Hopps being like, yeah, Prey never gets to do this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Should I guess we could move on to what we're here for? I guess we could move on to a different mind altering substance. Um, 
CBD. So, okay, here's the deal with Caliper CBD. Jeremy Goldstein's a super old pal of ours. He actually worked with us on Of a Kind in the very early days. Erica, what was it like 2011? Yeah, like 2011, 2012, like first office, Jeremy helped us with finance and ops and was a godsend, truly. What we lovingly refer to as the brown office because yeah. the walls were painted <laughs> brown. <laughs> and like brown. brown feels like a compliment for the color. Yeah. <laughs> Since helping America's former favorite small business get off its feet, he moved to Colorado a while back to get into the CBD game. And this was like before CBD was everywhere. This was before we were selling CBD on of a kind and your grandma knew about CBD. So he's now the co-founder and COO of of Caliper, which is such an interesting CBD brand because it's just not doing that like trendy lifestyle brand thing. It's not leading with like millennial peach. Um, sure isn't. It, it's really leading with science and it's really invested a ton in trying to elevate the industry as a whole. So they're investing a ton of resources into clinical studies what, about what CBD is actually effective for and how it's best used. They're also pushing for FDA regulation that would strengthen the industry and offer increased protection and confidence to consumers. So they're, they have lobbyists, which I'm like, wow, that seems so, so serious. We are so excited to talk to Jeremy about this. Let's bring him on. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, guys. <laughs> How's it going? It's going okay. It's almost Friday. Oh, my gosh. It this is. is so exciting. It We're is. so excited um, to see you. <gasps> Fun fact, I took Caliper like about an hour ago. I mixed it into my coffee, and I love it. It is really... I feel great. I'm like fully a believer. I'm fully in on this stuff. It is so much better than all the other CBD products. Like, you feel it. You feel it right away, and you feel really good, and you don't have that like is this working vibe? Yeah, for sure. That's so two things about what you just said. One, I'm really glad you put it in coffee just so I can um, use the line more wakey, less shaky. Um, <laughs> Cause that's kind of how I think about coffee and, and yeah. CBD together. Yeah. Well, and Claire, Claire also does decaf. It should be noted. I do decaf, oh, okay. but I actually <laughs> felt like a bit of a pick me up from it, which I wasn't sure because, you know, CBD is like, oh, it's like some people use it to help them sleep and to relax and whatever. And I was like, right. And I was like, is this the wrong time to take this basically? But then I really did feel a little pep in my step from it. Interesting. You know, one of the things that I'll say is that CBD does have different effects or seems to on different people Mm -hmm. and different use cases. Generally speaking, the things we know about it, you know, it's an anti-inflammatory it seems to have positive effects for people on anxiety. For some people, it helps them relax and, and wind down. But you are not the first person that I've heard to say, hey, it, it, it's, uh, I, I think it's different than like a coffee, but just kind of woke you up a little bit, gave you a little bit of clarity maybe to start your day. And yeah, uh, if that's what it does for you, that's great. I think a little bit of clarity and focus is what I would say about it. Like, it's not like I felt a jolt of energy so much as I was like, oh, this feels good. Like, I'm ready to work. Let's do this. You didn't want to like go on a six miler, but you were ready no. to like sit down at a computer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> great, 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 great. That's what we honestly all need right now. <laughs> That's right. Jeremy, okay. how did you get into CBD? What like drew you to this space? Sure. So it's a little roundabout uh, how I got here. Um, and it wasn't originally to do CBD and it wasn't originally to look at cannabis in general. It was more that I had, uh, because I, to be honest, I wasn't somebody who had used cannabis uh, greatly before yeah. before I started on this. That actually surprises me about you. I just assumed that you did. No, I definitely use it now. Um, it's it's become part of you know my daily routine in different ways. But um, back when I started this company, it uh, wasn't something I used at all. And, and I'm talking about cannabis in general, CBD, THC, the the whole range. But how I got into this was. Let's see, 2014, which is right when you started seeing legalization of marijuana, of THC happening. You had Colorado, you had Oregon. I met up with my co-founder, Justin Singer, and we started looking at the space because we just found it so fascinating 
that you had pent up market demand for something with regulatory unlocking. That's just something that you don't often see in your lifetime from a, just a business perspective. We weren't sure what we wanted to do with it. So we started going out to Colorado and spending time and doing our research. And you know, my background was from finance, was from investment management, was from tech. And so I was sort of looking, well, is there a way to invest around this space? It wasn't necessarily that I wanted to create my own products or that you know, I came in evangelizing the, the use of cannabis. I was more just curious. And so we started actually on the THC side because to be honest, CBD wasn't, wasn't a thing yet. People weren't talking about it. Yeah. People weren't talking about it. Uh, the farm bill hadn't passed. So the only thing you had at that point was the THC markets. And uh, we came out to Colorado and we saw, you know, frankly, pretty terrible edible products. Um, we saw things that were really high in potency, uh, with no food science behind them. You couldn't trust them. Uh, you know, you, you would buy a hundred milligram brownie. Uh, and sort of the impetuous for this, my, my co-founder's grandmother was having problems sleeping, um, a, a few other things and asked, hey, can you get me something with THC? And, you know, so we took a pop brownie, you know, cut it up into 20 pieces. Please be careful with this. Here you go. And she was terrified as she should be. One, she was diabetic. So that was the wrong form factor. And two, <laughs> she didn't feel like she could trust this. And, yep. and honestly, I, I, you know, I would agree with her. We said, well, what if we looked at this whole thing from a different perspective? And we said, um, what if we look at the entire category as food and we look at cannabis and cannabinoids as functional ingredients? How would we approach it differently? And how would we um, uh, look at it as instead of a way to get people high, as a way to just make people's days a little bit better? So we released something back, uh, we launched in 2016 with the other company that we run, which is called Stillwater. We released Stillwater tea. This was the first microdose product uh, that I know of in the country. It was two and a half milligrams, about the fourth of the amount of THC that was in the typical serving in Colorado. And the idea was to deliver something similar to what CBD does, just wasn't available yet, which is how do we make people just feel a little calmer, a little bit better? To do a tea, we had a distinct food science problem, which is that cannabinoids, THC and CBD are both oil soluble, not water soluble. And that's why everybody, you know, you remember people making can of butter and then yeah. cookies and things of course, like that. Yeah, of course, yeah. How do we get past that so we can put cannabinoids into healthy functional products like tea? And so the first hire that we had, the first major hire is our head of R&D, who was a 25-year food science veteran from Mars Food. And his name is Keith Wolfel. And we were like, Keith, how do we, you know, how do we solve this problem? And he worked with us uh, and others to develop our very first water-soluble formula, which was a powder. We combined that powder with the tea. What we realized is that powder was fascinating on its own. And we released that as its own product called Ripple mm -hmm. here in Colorado on the THC side of the business. Love Ripple. We've tried Ripple. we tried Ripple. Ripple yeah. our like our first, when we were in Colorado, Claire, when was it? Would have been like 2017 or so. Twenty, Yeah, 2017 is my guess. We were um, like texting with you and being yeah. like, okay, what is your product called again? And where do we right. get it? And yeah, because we I were like running that. around town with two women who are sort of weed packaging scions. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are OG. You were one of the first to try it then. Huh? Well, the thing that I love about Ripple, loved about Ripple, and I think is sort of similar with Calper, is it doesn't feel like that like jolt of being like, oh, I feel this. It's just a little, it's steadier and it feels like a sort of like more pleasant, manageable like uh, buzz than A, edibles for sure, where you're like, whoa, I ate that thing an hour ago and all of a sudden I can't function. But also even with smoking where you're like, oh, it, this is intense. Yes. Well, I mean, I think the like, you don't know what you're going to get factor is such a huge factor for yeah. so many people. Um, and I have so many friends who are like, oh, I take ha a half of this edible or I take a quarter of this edible. And that's mm -hmm. just like not a great way to, <laughs> to right. go about this. I call that the marine dad effect. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember the articles she wrote in the Times about coming out and trying an edible and ending up on the floor <laughs> in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So when, when we launched the, the powder format, that wasn't what we were focused on right away. Our first focus was on, on the delivery system. But what people started coming back and saying to this is, wow, this is really consistent and yes, really consistent precise. is the word. Yeah. And it, it comes, I know exactly where I'm going because it's it's coming on really quickly. And we said, that's interesting. And that makes sense to us, but we haven't studied this. You don't have that thing of like, oh, I still don't feel it. I'm going to have some more because it comes on quickly enough <laughs> that you're not like waiting around and then just demolishing yourself because you took more before it had settled in. 100%. And so that makes it safe. That makes it accessible. That makes it repeatable and consistent, as we said. And that has to do with the the fact that we created a water-soluble formula. And I'll get more into that later about what that means and why. But to bring it back to Caliper and, and CBD, what happened is then we started releasing in dispensaries ripple formats that were high in CBD and low in THC because we really wanted to accentuate even more that idea of, hey, you don't have to take this to get high. You can take this just to feel a little bit better. And we had a a ready-to-drink beverage manufacturer come to us and say, hey, I've been doing some benchtop trials with your high CBD powder to see if I could make a a beverage, a CBD Hmm. beverage. Would you guys be interested in selling CBD to me wholesale, like a a water-soluble formula? We said, that's a great idea. And this was right before the the, the farm bill. That's a great idea, but we, we need another company to do that because a THC company can only operate in the THC world. So that is how Caliper started. Caliper took all of the learnings that we had learned from starting Stillwater here in Colorado, applied the same technology of water solubility and created what you guys have tried now, which is the Caliper CBD and Caliper Swift Sticks, as well as a whole other division that focuses on selling water soluble CBD ingredients to large CPG manufacturers. So that is Caliper as a whole. I don't know how much you know about the other side, but All of these things play off of each other in the sense that what we really focus on is the science behind cannabinoids, Um, not so much in terms of of how they affect people, and we can talk more about that, but in terms of how they're delivered, because there's there's a big gap between what you consume and versus what you absorb. And as I like to say, and you you mentioned the coming on quickly, nobody drinks coffee in the morning to feel the effects in the afternoon. It's the same thing with cannabinoids. If you want it for sleep or if you want it for anxiety, you need to know that, or you want it for sports recovery, whatever the reasons are. You need to know that you're getting what you want to get and that it's coming in a reasonable amount of time. Can you explain how cannabinoids work and how they basically enter your system or the delivery systems? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, the most popular way that people have have consumed cannabinoids in the past has been inhalables, right? Smoking. And there are a whole host of reasons why that as a consumption method is on the decline. But one thing smoking did have an advantage of is that it was, it's fast. For anybody who's ever tried, you know, a uh, smoking marijuana, you feel its effects pretty fast, pretty hard as well. But I, for one, is somebody who um, used to be cigarette smoker, quit, and now has no desire to smoke anything. It's it's the last way that I want to consume my cannabinoids. Plus, there's a stigma attached and, and a whole bunch of other things. So other ways that people have gotten it is is obviously through ingestible. But the, the problem is, and this isn't just for cannabinoids, this is for vitamin D, all kinds of things. Our body is not very efficient, necessarily breaking down bioactives and bringing them into the bloodstream so they can be worked. Um, so you know, when you buy your vitamins, th- those companies are putting in much more than you're actually going to absorb, knowing that it's going to be a small amount. It's it's kind of the same thing with cannabis. Well, it's the same thing with like birth control pills. This is why like the birth control pill, you're taking a lot, you're ingesting more hormones than your body will use. And, you know, that's why other delivery systems are like- trending. Are more effective. Yeah, Got exactly. It. Okay. That seems to me, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And so the other thing, as, as you guys uh, know, right, is people will talk about like, well, what was in your stomach? Because THC is fat soluble, et cetera, it, the, the whole idea was that, and, and CBD was that depending on what was in your stomach, it was going to either, you know, be more absorbed or come on quicker. I mean, that's like a terrible thing to have to think about when you're 
you know, consuming cannabis. What did I eat? Did I not eat? Well, and like it absorbs more if you've had fatty things, which is like the opposite of drinking or like whatever. So you're, it's like very hard to wrap your head around, I think. <laughs> exactly. And somewhat unhealthy, really, because you did talk about it, fatty foods. Now, if you render any bioactive into a water-soluble form, you're, you're basically bypassing a lot of that. And so you're getting a few things. You're getting more absorbed and you were definitely getting absorbed quicker and in a smoother, more consistent curve, as we talked about. Um, and so I was saying before, when we started the company and when we created Ripple, that wasn't our first thought. But people kept coming back to us and saying, hey, this is, this is different. This feels different. It's coming on quickly. And so one of the first things we did is we did a very small pharmacokinetic study Internally, we hired a phlebotomist to take blood draws of basically, you know, th this looked like a, a Breaking Bad moment or something. You know, is that <laughs> at, uh, at one of our houses where it's, you know, every 15 minutes we're doing blood draws and measuring that and found out like, hey, this stuff is coming in really, really fast. Like you're going to you're going to see cannabinoids in your bloodstream in the first 15 minutes, which is basically like as fast as water gets absorbed. Very different than the edible and a faster peak absorption. So that was sort of the genesis of something that's been the ethos of our company, which is doing clinical studies, not on rats, not on, but doing it with our own products on humans in conjunction with major universities so that we can actually prove what you guys have already mentioned, uh, which is that these, the, the products, the CBD products that we have, uh, Caliper CBD and Caliper Swift Stick specifically come on quickly, smoothly. And the, the CBD, just so both of these are in powder form, the like sort of original caliper CBD, you can mix into anything like spaghetti sauce, coffee, whatever you want. And then the Swift sticks are like the pixie stick form where you just put it right onto your tongue. Yes, 100%. The reason why we, and thank you for, I, I should have explained that before. The reason why we created Swift sticks was as fast as caliper uh, CBD is, we found that some people were taking caliper CBD and putting it right on their tongue because they wanted it even faster. They wanted to, you know, not have necessarily that step in between of having to pour it in something. And so we found that by doing customer research, which is which is very big to us, talking to our customers and understanding how they use our products and why so that we can make them better. And that's how Swift Sticks was born. So very portable, I think a lot of fun. I know for me, for example, I don't like drinking a lot of liquid before bed. So I'll use a Swift Stick, you know, before bed if I'm using it for sleep, whereas I'll use Caliper CBD mm, in the morning, yeah. for example, or throughout the day if, uh, for calm. Also just super good for travel because it's like not another like liquid you have to pack or think about in that way. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Can you tell like what mindset we're in right now? <laughs> yeah, convenience. <laughs> Can I go somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, I just I just took my plane, first plane ride and uh, since COVID. Same. And, and boy, did that feel good. Yeah. And yes, yeah. Caliper CBD was involved. <laughs> So one of the things that I thought my like experience with Caliper kind of solved for was this persistent feeling, I think, amongst the CBD curious and even CBD users of like, is this thing on? Like, is this working? I can't tell. And like, and in part because you don't feel it right away, but also because it feels a little bit like, I think it's real. I believe in it, but I don't know. Am I getting scammed? Like, is this, you know, is this thing real? And is it working to its full potential? Did I take it wrong? And I'm just curious what, why you think that is. If it's, it's a little bit like vitamins, you know, since you made the vitamin parallel where you're like, I think I've been feeling better since I started taking fish oil or those vitamin D capsules or whatever. Like, I think my skin looks nicer, but I don't know. Maybe it's the water I've been drinking. Who knows? Yeah, no, it's it's a very valid question. And as a company that tries to be honest about this, the truth is there's a lot more research that needs to be done. I'm going to start with that. And anybody who says CBD does X for everybody is lying. And that starts with the basic premise, which is everybody's body's uh, brain chemistry, endocannabinoid systems, if we're going to talk about that, is different. Um, so sort of like if you start with, um, I don't know, like an antidepressant or something like that works differently on everybody. And they don't even understand all the pathways of how. 
So it is. They sure don't. Yeah. As, as like <laughs> as a very first step, it, it's worth understanding that regardless of the format, regardless of anything else, CBD may work for some person for a specific use case and not for another. Uh, and that's got nothing to do with scam or anything else. But the next question that you bring up is really important because I think CBD does have a credibility problem right now. And I yes. think that's because it got hyped through the moon. There are you know 10,000 companies that popped up that slapped a label on, on a tincture, which was sort of the most popular form to date, which is, we can talk about that, but not a great form factor for a variety of reasons, including the fact that it's not that well absorbed. So you know there was a, a survey, I think in 2019, that only one in four people found CBD effective for reducing aches. And that was the most popular use case at the time that people were saying they were doing it. So, you know, if you have a use case that you go in and somebody promises you something and you you, you try it, it doesn't meet that expectation. It'll help your back pain. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not going to come back to that. And so the sort of over-promising about what CBD can do, I think is, is one of the big problems. But there's also product-based explanations that we talked about. So FDA did a study that less than 50% of surveyed products met their label claim. So so just as a starting point, if you know you say there's going to be 20 milligrams of CBD per serving and you're only getting 10, regardless of the format, again, that's that's a problem. Second, products might not have contained, regardless of their label, enough CBD for the use case. People are still trying to figure out what the right dose is, and the dose for each individual is different, which makes it hard. 20 milligrams of CBD for you might work for sleep. It might be 40. But if you tried 40, it might wake you up. I mean, these are real things that need to be understood in study, and it's going to be independent person by person. In addition, and this comes back to Caliper, the wrong format. Um, So this difference between what's on the label and what you consume versus what your body absorbs is extremely important. So if you've been using a tincture, let's say, um, or some other format, let's say a, a pill, you know, and you're swallowing it and it's just CBD oil in there your body isn't absorbing that very well. You know, something that we've seen is just the, and, and you touched on this a little bit, was just like when this market becomes hot and it becomes trendy, there's so many companies that enter the space that are just like churning out shit product. Like, you know, our bodegas now sell CBD chocolate at checkout. And you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, that's where we are. Like, I understand, which does not help the credibility part at all because there's just so much out there of people just like cashing in and not doing, not focusing on the science and, and what are we actually doing here? Yeah. It's really frustrating. And you you mentioned chocolate, but like, you know, there's also CBD pillows and things (laughs) that are just insane. (laughs) I mean, the other thing that I think contributes to that sort of credibility issue that is the same with like a lot of health and wellness fads is like, it only works if you do it consistently. So many of these products are like, you have to take it for the exact same time, the exact same amount every day, and it'll get stronger the more you use it and da 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 And I'm curious, like, is Caliper that way? Do you think that that's necessary? Because I do think it's one of those things where it's nice for companies to say, because then if you're not feeling it, you can be like, well, I didn't, I forgot to take it on Tuesday. So that was probably, I it's took on it wrong. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I do think there's something there to that, especially depending on the use case. So a lot of, you know, one of the popular use cases people take it is to feel a little calmer during the day, right? I'm not not as a, I'm not going to use a medical diagnosis for that of, of solving, but just to feel a little bit better and calmer. That's the type of thing where, yeah, you do need to take it on a regular basis to sort of see if this works for you. But I also want to say, you know, that that also can be a cop-out for people. Like some products just don't work or CBD not, might not work for you and you, you can't blame it all on that. But I think consistency does matter depending on what you're trying to do. 
Now, at the same time, if you're just using it as an anti-inflammatory, like I, I put it, when I go bicycling, I put it in my water bottle. You do. And I find that, I find that just helps me. And then I take some after recovery. I find that helps me because there is probably the strongest evidence of what CBD does right now is that it's an, an anti-inflammatory. And rather than take like an NSAID or something like that after a run, I'd much rather take CBD and, you know, maybe some turmeric with that. Put a, a pin on this idea of the disillusionment, right? That a lot of people have. As we mentioned, I think there are a couple of things, including the, the bad actors out there that are maybe, you know, claiming things that aren't aren't true. But the other thing is just that this does work for some people. And the one thing that I think is important as a product manufacturer in this space is that you make something that if it works for you today, it's going to be the exact same the next day you take it. And that's that's what we work on most of all. We don't we don't go out there and say, hey, this is going to do X, Y, and Z for you. It might, but we say is if it does do this for you, it's going to do the same thing for you tomorrow and the day after that. That's super interesting. And yeah, it's just like being consistent and reliable. <laughs> God, what a blessing. It seems like table stakes and it is, you know, that's the underpinnings of good manufacturing, but not everybody thinks about it this way yet in this space. It's really funny you should say that because I had a friend gifted me some edibles and it was during a time where I was having really hard time sleeping. And so I was taking them before bed. And so I wasn't like even experiencing a buzz from them. It was just like, I was expecting the effects to kick in at nighttime. So I would just sleep through the night and it was working. But then one day I woke up and I was like, whoa, I think I'm still high. Like, and I was like, I took this thing like 12 hours later before. And I, I texted my friend and told her and she was like, oh yeah, I kind of think of those things as like Shiseido peppers. Like they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. And then you get one that's like really hot and you're like, oh fuck. Um, <laughs> I was like, yes, that is the perfect analogy. It was like a Shiseido pepper. Like I just, but you, you don't want that. You want the consistency. And yeah, I, I appreciate that, that approach. Uh, you mentioned the taking it before you work out. And it, it made me think about the fact that now it seems like we're moving into this phase in the CBD market where everybody is making these really specialized CBD products. Like this one's for sleep, this one's for focus, this one's for working out, and this one's for something else. Where where are you on that? So I've, I've got mixed feelings about that. I, I think that one of the reasons why companies are doing that is not for the right reason. And it's because they're trying to... they. You can't make claims right now in the CBD market, the FDA, the FTC will come after you because you would be uh, saying things you shouldn't if you said CBD is good for insomnia. You just can't say that, um, nor should you. So by putting other things that help with sleep potentially that you are allowed to say, they are trying to work around this problem. So if, if they say it's a sleep one and it's got melatonin in it, well, is it really the CBD that's working for you? My take is this, there's nothing wrong with creating products that have multiple bioactives in it. But I do have a problem with uh, some of the ways that sometimes it seems like they're using this to obfuscate whether CBD is actually the ingredient that's that's working. And maybe you'd be better off taking melatonin, for example. So it's a challenge given the current state of the market and, and the fact that FDA has not approved CBD for use food, beverage, and supplements, despite the fact that Many millions of people are using it every single day. And I, I think most consumers don't understand that. They assume that this is a, a regulated by the FDA at this point. It's not. Can you explain what that means? Because I just think that we all assume that like if something is sold on a supermarket shelf or whatever, like, of course, it's approved or like, of course, this has been vetted and regulated. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple different levels of that. First is just understanding how just in general, the FDA, where it gets involved and how thin it can be stretched. So the whole world of dietary supplements, you know, is an area where they, those companies, manufacturers have a wide berth about what they can do. And the FDA has only so much manpower. So that's the first step. The second one, we talk about CBD in general. What happened with the farm bill, uh, the 2018 farm bill, is that hemp 
and all of its derivatives that had less than 0.3% THC were made legal, right? And the biggest byproduct of that from a cannabinoid standpoint was CBD. So everyone said, great, CBD is now legal. And, and it was, it was legal to manufacture, it was legal to grow it, it was legal to extract it. But the FDA did not make a ruling on whether it was allowed to be used in food, beverage, and supplement. And so at this point, and this is, this, this is sort of why the state of the market is right now, Technically, it's it's not an approved substance for those for those purposes. There's some gray areas. Like, is a tincture something different? I mean, I would argue not, but some people do as a way to sort of get around this and get it on store shelves. Topicals are definitely different, and the FDA is kind of like that's a solve or whatever. Do, do what do you that. want to do. Yeah. Go with that. But when it comes to ingestibles, so if you've noticed, you say it's on store shelves, and it is, but it's not on Walmart, Target. Walgreens, like the, the places where ultimately the top retailers who are going to care about that consistency and quality do their thorough vetting because the market isn't there yet. Now, a lot is happening. And I hope that is, I, it is hard for me to imagine that is not what is going to happen. It, this is sort of a, a bipartisan issue that like, this is good for agriculture. This is good for red states. This is good for blue states. Consumer safety is the most important thing. So the FDA is, gonna, is going to get involved. But at this point, yeah, if you if you ask most people, they assume that anything that they buy is, is regulated by the FDA. And, and not just with CBD, but even as you go up with dietary supplements, it's regulated, but probably not as tightly as you think. I mean, I think this is sort of how the tampon market got disrupted too. At some point, someone was like, you know, nobody's watching this. You know that you don't have to like, you don't have to go through any approval process. And Lola came on the scene and was like, how about you actually put something good in your vagina? Similar thing. We were all like, oh, I had no idea. You just assume. <laughs> Seems like organic cotton would be yeah. a solid move there. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So obviously, as a company, this has been frustrating for us in this space, right? Because unlike maybe a lot of our competitors, we want regulation. We actually want a lot of regulation because we want the people that are doing things right to be there so that they can make sure that consumer safety is taken care of first and foremost, and so that people get what they should get when they purchase a CBD product or anything else. Well, and to bring us back to the what we were talking about earlier, it's a credibility issue for the industry as a whole, right? So it's like, if there is regulation and if there's more trust in the products, it's better for everybody, right? 100%. It's better for everybody, for the retailers, for the customers. So, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to talk to some retailers who have, let's say, tried CBD 1.0 and put it on their shelves. And they're like, it didn't do very well. And, you know, you don't want to say, of course it didn't. You made a bad decision, but you did. I mean, it wasn't your fault. It was the lack of information that's out there. But as we talked about, when you're selling customers products that don't work for the variety of reasons we talked about, they don't come back for repeat purchases. And so there, there does have to be sort of a reinvigoration, which all starts with regulation, which allows the big retailers to get in, which means that the, the sort of bad actors have to get out of the market and then consumers can have that full trust again. When you're pushing for regulation from the FDA, what are you pushing for? Basically just regulating in the first place. Like the, right now, like obfuscating duty is, you know, is not where you can be because it's it's just in no man's land. You're just saying, hey, I'm, I'm not doing anything about this. And that doesn't help anyone. So for us, everything is kind of mo motivated around customer safety at the end of the day. So where we, and we do have a lobbyist and where we focus is on educating legislative staff and engaging with public health advocates, because what we care about, as I said, is uh, consumer safety. So we want things like label accuracy, right? Like that's just table stakes. Like if you say there's 20 milligrams per serving, there's 20 milligrams per serving. We want good manufacturing practices, right? So these things are, are being made to the same standards as any other dietary supplement or food. Uh, we want traceability so that if somebody does get sick or something is wrong or there is THC, you know, a, a, in there that we can do proper recalls. That's at the highest level. I think when you get down into sort of the nitty gritty, we, 
Our products are THC free. That's very important to us on the CBD side. Um, we believe in consistency and repeatability. And, um, you know, that involves in really working with isolated cannabinoids and mixing them together as opposed to, you know, taking a whole plant extract, which is going to have different levels of different cannabinoids every time, even if it, THC is out of there. So there are things about consistency and quality that we care about, but it really all stems from consumer safety. What has it been like as someone who was there a little bit earlier to sort of navigate this big boom and have you had to sort of adjust and change your, your path as things have changed? Um, I don't know that we've had to change our, our path. I think we've had to be steadfast in our belief of what a post-regulatory environment looks like, as opposed to, you know, getting excited by every squirrel that pops up or every challenge that we face. And so the ethos of who we started as, which is a food and supplement company that uses cannabinoids as functional ingredients, as opposed to a cannabis company, is I think what's driven us from, from the very beginning and continues to drive us in this period where, you know, CBD is sort of in this netherworld. So we're looking, we're always looking to a market that's that's where it's eventually going to go to, which is with sophisticated customers, sophisticated retailers, regulation, et cetera. And I, so it's less about being adjusting and really, really understanding who we are and what we are building. Are there other industries that you've been looking to as you've thought about like, okay, what does post-regulation look like? Like the first thing that comes to mind for me is like crypto, which I feel like is in this sort of similar place where it's like, you know, that regulation's coming and we have to be ready for it. I have to tell you, I like, I can't look at crypto ever. It just, it just hurts <laughs> my head and all, so many of actually of our mutual friends, you know, know a thing or two about it. So I, I guess you are right that it is something that people are trying to understand, but I'd say for me, as I look toward the future and, and where I, I sort of imagine CBD living, let's say, I, I look at the world, I look at the OTC or, or dietary supplement and I look at a Walgreens Island. There are a few reasons for that. CBD is going to, it is going to exist in food. It is going to be fun and ready to drink beverages. It's, it's going to be all those things for sure. But I think if you get the people that really want to consistently take it the same way that you mentioned things like fish oil or CoQ10 or whatever, for whatever it is that they're taking it for sleep, daily calm, that's something that really is going to live on that vitamin aisle. And that's sort of how I imagine this market going. And to be honest, to be in that aisle and stand out, you have to really have clinical research to point out why your why your product as a whole is better. Um, and so that, that that that's sort of where I my north star about where I think CBD lives in its its predominant form. I think the wholesale side of your business is so interesting because you are setting up this opportunity for all of those food products to do the like you know it's made with caliper the same way you know every in fashion, it's the Swarovski crystal, which is like a consumer brand in its own right, but is used on all of these other products who then need to call out that it's Swarovski. And I love the idea of Caliper being the gold standard across all of these consumer products that are utilizing CBD in some way and feeling like, yeah, I can trust it because I know it's Caliper and it's not just some random unknown CBD product. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. That is certainly the model I would love to see from us is that people understand that Caliper stands for consistency, quality, fast acting, the things we've discussed. And that then when our customers, whether those be customers on the OTC aisle and the food in the food space, that they want to put made with caliper, not just on their ingredient deck, but actually call it out as a badge on their thing because because that stands for something. But even you know, taking our taking what that means to us out of it, I just want our customers, our ingredient customers, to be able to have products that their customers want to come back and buy. And so the ingredient business is a is a is a big thing for us because we've got lots of other formats. We've talked about the powders. Uh, and the powders are our consumer formats that we sell, but we also have liquid concentrates. We've got film adhesion technology, depending on what you're making. Are you making an ice cream, a pill, 
a chewable tablet, a, you know, a banaca spray, all of those things require different emulsions. And we have spent years now working on different ways to emulsify technology, uh, to emulsify cannabinoids. And the other thing that we focus on that's really different at this point is everything that we use is clean label. So what you'll see in the CBD industry a lot, like you'll buy a, I, I don't know, like a, a beverage, a CBD beverage, and it'll say a couple of things on it. It'll say hemp extract sometimes. That's most, which is, I, I understand why we talked about the FDA, but like this isn't 20 milligrams of hemp extract. It's, you know, 20 milligrams of CBD, X milligrams of hemp extract or, or not at all at that point if it's been isolated. But they also won't list all of the ingredients that they use to emulsify the cannabinoids. And you can't, this is like a big reason why we need the FDA because we need proper labeling. And right now people, because the FDA is not looking, they just don't have to label things if they choose not to and no one asks. Um, and so all the emulsifiers that we use, everything is clean label and could go on a whole food shelf tomorrow. You mentioned film adhesion. Is that because you're also working in topicals? No, I, although we have done a minor amount of work in topicals to try to validate whether uh, some of the emulsions that we use would be beneficial in the topical format. Nothing really to say about that yet, but it's interesting at least to look at. But when it comes to film adhesion, I mean the ability to spray directly onto things like tea leaves. Interesting. Nuts. Okay. So huh, that is cool. a whole new set of challenges um, and something we, we've been working on for years. And there's some unique differences, whatever matrix you're trying to, to spray onto. But there's some cool stuff there. What are some of the more interesting applications you've seen with your wholesale clients? Yeah. How they're it, using it. I mean, interesting. I guess there are a couple of different ways to, to frame that. Like people are doing some really cool, cool food products. No, but like ice cream, right? Yeah, like, do yeah, I think yeah. ice cream is going to be the number one way that people consume CBD? No, but like, it's great to see our product in a really great tasting ice cream, you know, where it's, it's properly done and you get rid of the bitterness profile and all the things that make it challenging to work with. We've worked with companies that do gummies. You know, I'm proud of some of our RT beverage, RTD beverages uh, that we're in, because that is a challenge in a science perspective in a number of ways. One is just flavor. CBD is brutally bitter. It is a very, very hard combo to work with from a flavor profile. We've had some pretty bad CBD beverages ourselves, so we can attest to that. <laughs> true, I bet. True. <laughs> We've worked really hard, among other things, to, to try to reduce that flavor profile. But the other things that are challenges have to do with things like shelf stability. Like um, you need something that um, that goes into into solution is going to be able to stay there for, you know, six months, 12 months, whatever's needed on that label isn't going to break apart, is going to be highly bioavailable. But, you know, you really need to pay attention to the particle size, because if you make it too small, it's it's going to be too bitter. Everything is sort of a trade when you're working with cannabinoids and food science in general to what's important. So, you know, I, I'm very excited by some of the RTD beverage clients that we have. Is that sort of where you see the market moving next, that it's just going to be all about the beverage? Uh, no. no? Mm -mm. I think beverages are uh, are always going to be there, and I think it's going to be a, a, a substantial part of the market. But as we sort of talked about before, I think at the end of the day, it's the supplement aisle is going to be a probably a larger part. And so whether that be capsules, gummies, tablets... And once again, I stress RTD beverages, I think there's a there's a great market and lots of different ways we can use CBD, but I don't think it's going to be the largest. I always think of vitamin water, right? Like vitamin water is huge and was huge, but it, but it still is not the most popular way that people consume their vitamins. That's a great parallel. Are there, there are, I guess there are vitamins in vitamin water. <laughs> yes. Oh, you didn't know? Well, I never really thought about it that hard. I just was like, it's sugar water and they're scamming people. But like, I guess- It's fancy Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah. But then there were vitamins and it was really yeah. well branded. And I remember yeah. like I would drink them. I'd be like, I just got my vitamin B. And it's like, well, <laughs> right. okay. How do you hope that the CBD market evolves in the future? And what do you think that calipers, I 
role can be in that ideally? Well, right now, there's a bill in government, the Hemp Access and Consumer Safety Act, and that would do three things, right? And I think this is the start. This is asking the FDA to allow uh, CBD to lawfully be used as an ingredient in food and beverages. It would require manufacturers to comply with all existing federal regulations, and it would ensure that products are properly labeled. These are table stakes, right? But that is the the first thing that I want to see happen, because once that happens, then we can open up this market to serious retailers, um, serious suppliers, and customers can have faith uh, in their products. As far and as that's because some of these retailers, like there's like the trust issue, but there's also just like retailers are skittish about whether or not this is technically legal for them to be selling. 100%. Okay. Their, their legal departments are going to say it is not worth the risk right now until there's more clarity from the FDA. Right. Even if- Target's even, not messing with it. Yeah, it's exactly. There's it. no yeah. reason. They've, they've got yeah. enough products on their shelves yeah. and, and, a, and a big enough business, but they're all looking at it, to be clear. And they've they're got vitamin ready. water for now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as far as how Caliper would fit into that, as we talked about before, I want Caliper to be one of the trusted brands. It's not a zero-sum game. I don't want to be the only one. I want this market to be um You're going to be, be Tylenol strong. and someone else is going to be Advil. That sounds wonderful. Just as far as I, I don't know about that product <laughs> category, but, but, yeah. but yes, yeah. it's the right. Yeah. The market is right. big enough. And where we really fit in is on fast-acting, water-soluble applications, whether that be the way that we sell it directly to our consumers in our powder formats currently, or whether we supply our partners to do the same and grow the category in a safe, healthy, productive way. Jeremy, this has been so wonderful. We're so excited about this and like really truly believe that you will be that. That is the future for Caliper. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. It's been, it's been great. And it was great to see you guys. So great to see you. As a reminder, you can take 20% off your first order of Caliper at trycaliper.com slash a thing or two with the code a thing or two. And you're trying it risk-free for 30 days because if you don't love it, you will get a full refund. But we love it. We think you'll love it. So like, let's all just get in on this. If you're curious about CBD or have shrugged it off being like, does that thing really actually work? Try Caliper. We think it's going to be the one for you or it's like worth a shot, right? It's definitely worth a shot. Let us know what you think. I don't know. I we had we hung out with our friends the other day and I showed it to them for everybody. Everybody was super interested in it. It's it's a I think it's an interesting, exciting product. It's a revelation. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so, so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us to make this podcast happen, especially our outstanding producer, Brian Peoples. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com. If you love our show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu at, you guessed it, a thing or two HQ.com. <laughs>